Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. Well, the latest topic in the news is the old topic of abortion. I hear mostly the same rhetoric that I've heard, I guess, forever about abortion. Pro-life pro-choice, anti-abortion, pro-abortion. And with the new Supreme Court ruling, how does that change the game? It hasn't seemed to change that rhetoric. Well, it makes it a a local fight on a state-by-state basis. Pro-life and pro-choice will now have to take their battles to 50 states. Women's right versus what the pro life people would say is baby rights, maybe. But I'm interested in how mothers, pregnant mothers, are going to be impacted. Doesn't matter which side of the equation, the game for pregnant women has just changed. Um, maybe even in the states that are are blue and are pro um, pro choice, because those clinics will now be busier as women go from the red states to the blue states to get abortions. That, of course, could even, a law could be passed against a woman's right to go to a blue state. I think that's going to be a tough one to pull off, but I suspect it'll be tried. If you declare an abortion to be murder, uh, then going to another state to commit murder or being on the way to another state could be conceived of as being a crime and then they have to prove intentions which is tougher but not not impossible and helping someone get to another state could be a crime but what i find most disturbing because i can actually understand the arguments on both sides and uh, don't think we know what the essence of life is and when life really begins. I think that's the real question and it's the impossible question at the same time. But let's look at women and what's, you know, affecting them. First, let's let's go with someone that's not having sex left, sex yet. How does that affect their behavior? Um, 
knowing that abortion may not be legal in their state. How does the pro-choice and pro-life uh, people now address this woman and you know how does it affect their relationship? And if you want to look at birth control pills, um, how does pro-choice and pro-life seem like both sides would be together on birth control pills and making them more available or birth, you know, anything that allowed uh, preventing unwanted pregnancies. Seemed like both sides could be able to get together and talk about that and realize that the girl that's uh, contemplating having sex um, might need some help. Of course, there's also the anti-sex and sex argument there. But it seems especially the pro-choice would be wanting to make try harder to see that pills were available. Pills and other forms of contraceptives were available. But even people that are pro-life, it seems like they would want for the most part, unless their religion thinks sex is evil, um, should be wanting to get together to supply contraception to all women. So why can't both sides work together, or at least the majority of women, of people work together, like, you know, 60-70% of people work together, to make sure pills are available, contraception is available. I'll use pills to mean contraception. Why can't both sides work together to see that morning after pills are available? And I guess there's a little controversy there too. And then if you go to the abortion pill, I'm sure it's going to be illegal to ship abortion pills into the red states. Uh, India's already pretty big into supplying those pills. They supply Vi Viagra too, just to let you know. India does. At some reasonable price, you know, like a dollar a pill instead of $30 a pill in the U.S. So... Now look at a, you know, sexually active woman. He should be, she should be able to get help from both sides, right? Both sides should work together. Look at a pregnant woman. Both sides should be helping a pregnant woman. Maybe they help her in different ways. Maybe pro-life, uh, helps her get set up for adoption. Uh, maybe they help with resources like uh, childcare, even more basic like formula and bait and just, you know, general help being a mother, especially for unwed mothers or mothers that don't have the father helping. Both sides should be wanting to work together to get fathers helping 
obligated to help. Both sides should be looking at the pregnant woman and saying, how can we help you? And then even more so than when she's pregnant, when she has a child or she has an abortion, uh, helping her cope with her new reality. She's just had an abortion, helping her cope with how she feels about that and her mental health, which seems pretty important. She has a child, you know, of course there's the post-mortem, you know, depression. But there's also the resources necessary to raise a child, you know, resources to allow the mother to go back to work and lead a career and do all that. Seemed like both sides ought to be working together on that. Seemed like the rhetoric ought to die down. And somehow both sides should work together to help the mother and her baby. But I don't hear much talking about helping the woman that's involved in this argument. I hear a lot of talk about continuing the fight and it becomes a black and white, you know, pro-con fight to extremes. I also don't hear much talk about, not many people are completely against abortion. They say they may be against abortion, but then you ask them about exceptions. And they'll say, well, if the mother's raped or if the mother's life is in danger. Um, so maybe some, you know, working together on exceptions and defining them and discussing them would be more fruitful than arguing about the two ex extremes of, of for or against, like there's only a, you know, two choices here. It sounds pretty nuanced. And shouldn't there be a lot more effort into thinking about, you know, the, the whole spectrum of women that are affected by this clear from, you know, single women that are not having sex, the single women that are active, to a pregnant mother or one that thinks she might be present, pregnant and getting, you know, test, to a pregnant woman seeking abortion, to a pregnant woman seeking help with raising her child, to a single woman that has had an abortion to a single woman that's had a child. I mean, there's there's a whole spectrum of women here that are affected. And there's actually um, maybe not as much, but it doesn't mean it's not important. There's a lot of guys affected that, that you know, the girl they're been with. 
is pregnant and what are their rights and what are their obligations and uh, what rights do they have on verifying the pregnancy and their role in it? What kind of help can they be given if they're not capable of supporting the baby and the mom? There's a lot, you know, going on there when people have a child and people need help. And I hear both sides arguing, you know, keeping up the, the fight again without really discussing the hard subject like what's the essence of, of being human and when does human life begin? I know there's a court ruling, but that doesn't make it true when human life begins. We, we don't know the answer to that question because we don't even know how to define what is consciousness and what's, you know, what's humanity and what's, what's human and when does it stop being human? And it's, it's the same question on the end of life. When do you pull the plug is actually the same question as should you have abortions? And is it okay to pull the plug? And under what conditions can you pull the plug? It's actually the same, same fundamental questions. It involves what is human life? What's the essence of life? When does it start? When does it end? We don't, as humans, we don't know these. And it's, we've made arbitrary decisions about it. And we have beliefs, emotional beliefs at our core, one way or another. Um, it's not a, it's not a logic thing at this point, because we don't, we're not knowledgeable enough. We don't know enough. We haven't learned enough about ourselves as humans to actually be able to answer the fundamental questions behind abortion or end of life. We don't know. It's arbitrary. And the people that have made decisions on one side versus the other side are not good and evil are right or wrong. They've made emotional response based on their feeling about what's right or wrong. And they have that feeling. They're not trying to hurt the other side. And we all kind of naturally line up on one side or the other. I think I'm mostly, well, I say that I go back and forth because what, what we do at is, is when I say I'm against abortion, I immediately think of, you know, a woman struggling that's pregnant and that her life is really being altered. And I think, oh, wow, that doesn't sound good. And when I say 
I'm pro-choice. Then I look at a potential baby, a human never coming into the world, and the joy and stuff that it lost. And, um, you know, I'm someone that has trouble killing, killing a spider. You know, my emotional makeup doesn't like to, you know, doesn't like to put my dog to death even after he's 18 years old and can no longer stand up. Yet, on the other hand, I would like the ability to decide when I get to check out of life. Like I have rheumatoid arthritis. It's the pain's manageable. But there's nights I lay in bed and it hurts a lot. To imagine if it stayed like that all the time, I think I, at some point, I would like the ability to push the stop button. But see, all those are not, um, they're all very self-centered based on my feelings. Um, and in some way, they're based on uh, my fundamental belief that uh, there's probably no God. Although I think, what I really think is that the logic side of me says there I actually have no, uh, it's kind of above my pay grade. I have no ability to know if a superior being exists. He hasn't interacted with me the best I can tell. Um, and I don't expect him to because I kind of don't think he's there. But that's kind of a... I should say I don't believe he's there. I don't actually believe I have the tools to know. I, it's beyond my ability to know. And so all of this, the abortion and stuff, all comes back to uh, an emotional belief structure that uh, we have. And I'm sure we've been influenced by those around us our whole life. And, you know, what other people say and do and feel, it all kind of impregnates us. And who knows how we come up with what we believe. But it's not pure logic can't get there with pure logic because you have to make some assumptions at the beginning of this logic journey and that's a whole different subject but we all on both sides of the thing have an emotional beliefs that make us feel that our position is right whichever side you're on and yet we paint the other side as right or wrong, good or bad, bad people, good people. Um, and that's all based on your belief about when human life begins, you know, restricted, and when human life ends, and not stated very often, but what makes life human life. 
Like if I'm on a machine and being my heart's there's a machine pumping blood around me and my brain's turned off. Am I alive? Most people say, no, you're dead. But how much cognitive ability do I need to still have to be considered alive? How much cognitive ability does a baby need to be considered alive? It's the same question. And I guess you can believe in a soul and the soul impregnates the body. Well, even that doesn't, that just changes the words. When does the soul leave the body? When they turn off the pump or as long, or when the body quits functioning. I mean, it, it, it's, it's to some extent absurd questions that we don't know the answers to. We don't know enough about ourselves and our consciousness and our, what makes us be human. Um, my daughter just had a baby. She thought about abortion, although at the end of the day, um, I think her emotional makeup would not let her, um, consider an abortion. I think it at some fundamental level, she thought that was wrong. Um, that's her choice. And I don't think she would put her choice on someone else. But, you know, if you believe it's killing a baby, then it actually makes sense to try to stop other people from doing it. But I think it's time, and you know, beating a dead horse to death, that both sides ought to be thinking about how they can not just enable or stop abortions, but how can they positively impact the lives of the mothers? and the children and the mothers that choose not to have the children, women in general, humans in general, you can just ex expand the circle out there. But I think the focus needs to be on helping uh, women in this new landscape. And where I'd really like to see the amount of help picked up would be helping mothers with new children and helping them with childcare. It is really expensive, hard to come by, and it limits women's ability to go on with their lives uh, and it limits their ability even to take care of their of their children i would like to see the focus 
of the abortion crusades be focused more on new mothers and new children and how do we ensure that all of them are getting um, taken care of. That's where I'd like to see a lot of the discussion. But nobody's asking the ancient Texan. But it's my podcast or whatever. Oh, by the way, I'm now putting this out on YouTube under ancient Texan. And then I plan to take this same podcast and load it on to my ancient Texan podcast and it'll extract the voice. So there's a, a visual version of this. If you're one of my few podcast uh, listeners, and the one on YouTube, you get to see my shining face, <laughs> my facial expressions. And today you get to see my books because it's kind of rainy and drizzly outside. I like to do it with uh, outside in my backyard with the beautiful trees and flowers. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan. Hoping you have a good one. Namaste.